Watch and Adventure summits the airwaves. This is the Ogden Arts and Adventure Show. I'm R. Brandon Long, along with the greatest co-host in all the land, Todd Obendorfer. Todd, how are you? I'm doing good. I mean, you're doing okay. I'm doing okay. You're doing okay. I'm doing okay for winter. <laughs> of, or what season are we into? I mean, it's Valentine's it's, Day. Yeah, it's just been kind of a weird season. Okay, all right. I, did I? Do we want to get into? It? We get into it a little bit. So I just, you want to get in? You want to, do you have something you need to talk about? You need. No, I just. You mentioned before this is a safe space. It is a safe space. So yeah. I woke up yesterday morning, dizzy, a little dizzy, and so okay. not You're, just a little dizzy, like dizzy, like straight dizzy, yeah. and then, uh, and then I kind of just hung out in bed. This was Sunday, yeah, uh, and so I didn't make it to Super Bowl. I missed all of my trailers. Yeah, um, I missed the. Chiefs you missed. You missed winning. your your movie, yeah. Harrison Ford. Yeah, he had a new trailer, the yeah. new Indiana Jones. It's a big but deal. Uh, I just didn't feel like going anywhere. No other symptoms, really, other than that. Just, just kind of out of sorts. And so, years and years and years ago, I had a bout. I don't know if that's the right word of uh, vertigo. Mm-hmm. Lasted about a week. Okay. And then it settled. I, I blame it on loose ear crystals of some kind. I don't know what it was. I suggest rum and sleep. This is your answer for most of the things. <laughs> rum fixes everything, just so you know. You know what? Back in the day, the doctors would probably agree with you yeah. on that. Yeah. They probably prescribed Guinness for all of those things. So. Or that. Or that. Yeah. All right. We're your hosts for the greatest podcast in all the land. In studio with us, we have, we're going to let you choose who wants to be the adventure guest. Because we typically have one arts, one adventure, but you're both heavy arts, I would suggest. So, uh, Jane and Vince Font. Jane, paint, painter first? What, how do you describe yourself? Um, yeah, probably yeah. just painter. Painter, uh, okay. I do a little bit of everything. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> Vince. Vince uh, has flannel, so you're the adventure. Adventure. <laughs> adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Vince, adventure is his middle name, Font, mm-hmm. um, publisher. And podcaster. You make it sound so good. <laughs> uh, Glass Spider Publishing and Castle of Spirits Podcast. So welcome to the Ogden Arts and Adventure Show. Uh, Jane, we were talking before about how you were early to YouTube. Uh, I was sitting in an Ogden City Arts Advisory Committee meeting and somebody mentioned that you were YouTube famous. I'm like, what? For real? <laughs> I looked it up. I'm like, oh my God. She's you so so do you make money from that still? Is this like a job yeah. for you? Okay. Well, yeah. And I'm not I haven't made videos for uh, probably six months now. I'm not really doing that anymore, but because they're all still there and there's still, you know, an insane number of ads running on them because that's how YouTube does. I still get a, a check every month. So not a huge amount, but p- painting with Jane. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Oh, thanks. So I, I was on YouTube, and I searched painting with. The fourth suggestion down is painting with Jane. Oh, thank you. Just the fourth? <laughs> Just the- <laughs> I know. I'm a little offended. VTF. <laughs> uh, when did you start? When did you think, um, you know, Bob Ross did it, so I might as well. So when did you go that direction? Yeah, I never had that thought, actually. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's, it's funny. I, you know, I used to have Pandemonium Art Gallery down on 25th yeah. Street. And which I is was, where I first met you. But. Yep. Yep. And I was doing paint parties because that was all the, the rage, you know, back then. And but it was it was just me doing it. So mm. I was the only one doing it. And I was doing a lot of paint parties and it's really exhausting work for a single person. I remember one day I did 
two parties in a single day, which is, I mean, that it's it's me okay, t- running. What, back what's and a paint forth. party? You know, where like you come and you sit and you, everybody paints the same thing and okay. drinks wine and gotcha. you know. So you have to sober up between parties and then. Oh no! I was working. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, the experience is very different when you're on <laughs> yeah, the other the side. side. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. But uh, so I wanted to stop doing it because uh-huh. I mean I was making decent money at it, but there was nowhere to go from there. So it was just like this hamster wheel that I was. You hit the paint party ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And um, I could sense that that paint party bubble was going to burst. People mm. were going to get tired of it. Yeah. And then I was not going to have money. So I was like, well, let's just stop doing it. Let's stop doing it now. So I thought, well, if people still insist on doing this, maybe I'll just record me painting the paintings that we do at the parties and I'll put it on YouTube. And then when they say, oh, I want to do a paint party, I'll say, just go watch it on YouTube for free and mm. leave me alone, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you were escaping. Yeah. And it didn't work. I still had a couple of years <laughs> later, I still had people asking, do you still do that? But um, suddenly, like I put up my first video and I it just forgot about it. And like a week or two later, I went and looked at it. It had a thousand views. And I was like, what? And this was a while ago. Do you yeah, remember what year? Yeah, 2015. Okay. okay. So I thought, okay, well, I guess it's time to do more. And so I... Was there any thought that that would make you money? No, not at first. I I didn't have, I mean, I knew that people made money on YouTube, but I didn't know how. I didn't really understand what that was like. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I started getting ads on, on my videos and thought, oh, here it comes. Yeah, I'm going to start making money. Loaded. Yeah. <laughs> Done. It's Game a over. very slow trickle and um, it's very, very inconsistent. But yeah, so. And how many videos would you say you have now? Oh my gosh. I don't even. I've almost completely abandoned it. Um, which which you have 300,000 followers. Don't abandon your 300,000. Yeah, I know, but yeah, it's Vince, a whole thing. Vince, they, do you encourage her abandoning this or what are your thoughts? He's seen me cry, so yeah, okay, he does. Okay. <laughs> They're all bots anyway. They, They're all they, bots. It's 300,000 people who want something that I don't want to provide anymore. Yeah. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and if you change, how does that affect your channel and stuff? Well, and I did try to change, but then yeah. I just get people complaining that they want the old stuff. Just go s- straight. Uh, what's, what's the... Uh, Castle of Spirits. Just go, yep. just, just totally change directions on yep. it and see what happens. I know, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we'll painting, start painting with New Jane. <laughs> <laughs> new Jane. New Jane. I thought he said yeah. nude. Nude no, Jane. Yeah. That'll get you money. 1.5 like million all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. But it was a way to make, a, make money, right, for a little yeah. while. Yeah, and, you know, it definitely put me on the path to kind of who I am and what it is that I do now. And, you know, I it served its purpose and, you know, all what? good things come to an end. Yeah. If, if I may. You may. One thing that you forget to mention is that all of this was born of necessity because there ain't no money in art. Oh, so don't if you, say that. If, That's not true. He always says that. Don't say it's that. It's a good conversation to have. If how not, do you make money and how do you make a living as an artist? If you it's, have an art gallery, and she had an art gallery that was not making a lot of money. I thought it was both of yours, but I regress. <laughs> and I was just, I was, I cleaned the bathroom. You did clean the bathroom. And yeah, and, and she said, well, I got to make some money, so I'm going to have a paint party. 
Yeah. And they kind of blew up. Well, and then, you know. And I thought she was insane to stop them and to put them on YouTube. And it was actually a smart thing to do. But it it is true. It is hard to, you know, make a consistent living selling original art. It's not impossible. And I'm not going to say, you know, that, but it is hard. And so as a way to try and, you know, make it a profitable thing for me that I could actually justify spending my time doing, I had to find other ways to make money. And so to do that, I kind of listened to what my viewers were saying. And I was noticing in every single video, what brand of brushes do you use? What Mm. brushes do you use? Where can I get the brushes that you use? And I'm like, guys, they're just like junk, multi-pack brushes from from Michael's. But what kind of brushes did you use though? (laughs) (laughs) Aha, so if they're all gonna ask me what kind of brushes I use, I got online, I started Googling who makes custom uh, you know, a private label paintbrushes, and I developed my own line of paintbrushes. Mm-hmm. And so now, what brushes do you use? I use these ones, and you can buy them right here, mm-hmm. sticking that money straight in my pocket. That yeah. became my biggest source of income. So that made more money than YouTube videos. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What's an average paintbrush cost? Um, probably seven dollars. You sold a lot of $7 paintbrushes. Oh, yeah. When when I very first, because my manufacturer, I had to order, my minimum was 144 brushes of, of like each brush. So if I yeah. had eight brushes in my line, I had to buy 144 of each one. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I bought all of those. And then this was my very first set. I hadn't sold any yet. I was terrified. I was like, how am I going to sell all of these brushes? It was so many. And... I put them on Facebook and I'm like, okay, they're available now. And in 20 minutes, they were gone. <gasps> yeah. I was like, That's oh, I need to order more right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, you had, you had a pretty big following mm-hmm. on YouTube and that's helpful. Um, another way to do that is to set up a, an account with Amazon or something with, mm-hmm. the, with the brand and make money, a little bit of money off of each sale that you send yeah. people to. But it sounds like you went deeper and just had your own product. Yeah. And I I definitely have the Amazon thing, you know, where each video I've got links to every product that I Mm. use to an Amazon affiliate link. And I mean, I probably make 200 bucks a month on Amazon on a good on affiliate. So So it's not a lot, but I also don't push it real hard. Yeah. So and should I assume that each step of your evolution, you knew exactly what you were doing every step of the way? (laughs) I'm glad it seems so, but. One hundred percent. No, I was stabbing in the dark at absolutely every step. Look, and I, I think that something. that's super important. To okay, well, do you yeah. consider yourself an artist or an entrepreneur? Because you're pretty entrepreneur-minded. Yeah, I think I think both yeah. definitely. Um, at one point, I would have said more of an entrepreneur, but with the pandemic and um, you know the anxiety that came with that and being shut up in my house and everything. Um, I kind of like, I won't say freaked out, but I kind of freaked out and like backed off of my channel, you know, because it was it was just too much for me. And so I put a lot of time and energy into just painting what I wanted to paint without having to worry about people making snide comments online or. And what'd that feel like? It's probably been a long time since you. Oh, it was amazing. No, I still do that because it was so good. And. Mm -hmm. You know, up to that point, I would have said, I don't know what my style is. I don't have a style. I don't, 
I can't even recognize my own paintings from anyone else's, you know, but I got all that time to myself. And I think now I can say, oh, no, I'm definitely a painter. I have a very distinct style. And so, you know, anxiety so, so can pre, be good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It, it forces you to think about things for yeah. sure. Pre-paint party, mm-hmm. were you wanting to be fine arts or... Or were you still trying to, it sounds like you were still trying to find a style that was yours. You know, I actually started painting because I needed to learn how to do paint parties. So I didn't, wow. I, okay. I wasn't a painter when I started Pandemonium. Um, and well, I That was, wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I started painting seriously in uh, late 2014, sometime in 2014. Um but, you know, I had the gallery and I was like, I got to find some way to make money. I heard about paint parties. I was like, sweet, that's what I'm going to do. Wait, I don't know how to paint. How am I going to mm. do that? So I just faked it and just did it. And I would well, paint for amazing. eight hours a day, six, seven days a week. Mm. So. so if we were to go, it seems like we're digging even just a little bit deeper to go back a little bit further, like pre-pandemonium days. I'm guessing the love of art was there or the love Mm -hmm. of certain artists that you wanted to represent. What was that sort of impetus for that? Well, my whole life, I, when I was a little kid, it was always, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was always either an artist or a scientist. And my, my grandpa and my mom always painted. And so I thought, oh, well, you know, they're artists. So I must be an artist too. It's, you know, it runs in my family and I had tried painting and sucked at it because I didn't realize it's something you have to learn how to do. You don't just, most people don't just know how to do it. And uh, so, but my love of art was always there. Oh, I was actually a metalsmith and I made jewelry and I wanted to try and find a gallery somewhere that would, you know, that my jewelry would fit in because it was a little different. It was not like, you know, it wasn't like K jewelers or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. And so I couldn't find a place that my art would fit in locally. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to open my own gallery then, <laughs> where I can sell my jewelry. And I have a bunch of friends who are artists, you know, I can fill it with them and, you know, other local artists. And I opened the gallery and I became busy and I haven't made jewelry since then. So <laughs> No, but that's that entrepreneurial spirit. You, yeah. You just thought, okay, well. I'm going to have to start my own deal. Mm-hmm. You started your own YouTube. Yeah. And then, you, and then, so now what are you doing? So now I'm mostly right now, I'm just painting for myself and uh, acquiring paintings because I don't try and sell anything. So I'm just getting more and more and more of my own paintings. Well, you have a studio here at the Monarch. I do. Yep. Is that just for work? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, so, but Vince and I, we do Castle of Spirits. I actually run the website. So I built the website and, you know, I maintain it and everything. And uh, we do. And that's a podcast blog yep. brand? Yeah. So it started out in 2000, nope, 1997, <laughs> 1997. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just like a place where people send their ghost stories and experiences. And you mm-hmm. can go there and read God, we have almost 4,700 ghost stories now. It's a collection yeah. of all these stories. Yeah. I was listening earlier. Pretty good, actually. 
You guys and, are great, by the way. And this is a collection yeah. from from anywhere, everywhere. Yeah, all over the world. Okay. Yeah. Um, the website was it dated back to 1997. A yeah. lady named Rowena Gilbert from Australia. Yeah. Started the website, mm-hmm. and she was a part of like a, a ghost hunting team or something like that. In mm-hmm. Australia, had a lot of friends. The website grew very rapidly. It was one of the busiest websites on the internet in the late 90s. She was getting thousands of submissions of people telling her their true ghost stories. Yeah. She put them up online and amassed thousands and thousands of yeah. stories. And so, uh, long story short with that, she passed away in 2008. The website changed hands and then it ended up in our muggy little grips. Now it's all ours. And so we started the podcast. We just, our episode. So it was just a blog before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And our episode 17 comes out tomorrow. And so we're trying to put a lot of energies into that. We have, we had an interesting phone call with someone in a, 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 show business city that you may have heard of before so hopefully something comes of that later in the year yeah so um i'm not crossing my fingers too hard but that would be pretty exciting so yeah well you're you're entrepreneurial so um but also i feel like like you sort of get a vibe for what's going to work next and where you want to go so um you know what are you feeling right now and and like where do you think the castle of spirits can go. I, you know, I don't think that it's mostly about, I think this could work. I, I think I've kind of go, Oh, this is what I want to do right now. Mm. And I've discovered that if you have a passion for something like a genuine passion and you're willing to put in the work, it doesn't matter what it is. It will work. You know, if it's about putting in the work to do something, to make it, to make it happen, you know? I mean, I've definitely pursued things before that should work, but I didn't have like the passion in it. And then I ended up, you know, failing at it or giving it up. So I don't know. Also that there's a lot of people who are passionate about painting, but can't figure out or don't think to start a YouTube, you know, yeah. you have to have both sides of that. Yeah. No, it's definitely about, uh, what's the, the saying that, we used to talk about thinking around corners, you know, it's like, I think that's part of being entrepreneurial is, is not waiting for the next thing to come to you, but looking at what do I have? What can I do? What do I enjoy doing? You know, and how can I, how can I make this work for me? And you have to pivot fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's all about the pivoting. Mm-hmm. All about, all about pivoting. The, so for that's one of my favorite podcasts right now. The Pivot Podcast, by the way, it's like sports related and mm. yeah. So six, seven years I worked at, at Weber State before I had the, recently got a job down in Salt Lake City, but I was the advisor for all the undergrad students in the art department up there, right? And so I had so many conversations with young students, with their parents, with their grandparents, with anyone who would, you know, basically what can my granddaughter do with this degree? Yeah. Um, and so it, it really does come down to the zigging and the zagging. Mm-hmm. And I, you're telling your story and so many, you know, so many steps of steps of it I can relate to as far as the trying something new here. I've also, it sounds like you've been very fortunate where I think looking back, I've almost had an entire 
career of some art related job Mm -hmm. in some capacity, right? Maybe not just directly doing the work myself, but it is in some capacity it's been art related. And so I feel myself very fortunate for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that a lot of people haven't been able to do that necessarily, but I do know that there's a lot of zigging and zagging. There's just so much of that pivoting that you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, because we don't talk to too many podcasters, we, a handful, we have some podcasting friends. We have to take advantage of that. I want to give this show as much love as we can. Uh, if you could talk about the format of your podcast, um, how it's grown over the 17 episodes, how often you're starting to release these and how much fun you're having in the process. I know that's a big question. So we could just start from the beginning if you want to. In the beginning, <laughs> thank you. For there that. was yes, a boy yes. named Vince. Don't go that far back. Okay, in the beginning, there was a young man named Vince. See, I like that. Young man, I'm liking it. Man, I used to listen to Art Bell. Yep. You ever listen yep. to Art Bell? Yep. And I wanted to be Art Bell. Oh. You know what kind of a what what better job can you have than to stay up late at night and talk to people about supernatural occurrences? And so that's kind of what we're gunning for. I mean, I mean, the Castle of Spirits is a website that has forty five hundred, or is it five thousand? No, yeah, we just we're about forty seven. True ghost stories that we figure we can just fill the air reading, mm-hmm. you know, sharing with people. But we're okay, also to, to just to clarify. So someone sends a story in, and then you read it as part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, we read our favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we yeah. we have like. You know, episodes where we have a topic and we're not necessarily reading stories. And then, yeah. so we kind of go back and forth. But do you, yeah, we're still rewrite the stories, Vince? No. Okay. But I, I have edited a little bit. Okay. Because that's, that's one, that's what I do. Yeah. And um, a misplaced comma is an affront to this one. <laughs> <laughs> a misplaced comma, I can't get around it. So I have to fix it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a, you know, it's it's just something that um it kind of tickles the fancy of me. Wow. I have some fancies that need tickling. <laughs> Whoa. And um well, wrong podcast. You got well, you pay extra for that. That's all. <laughs> we it's a subscription model. So <laughs> That's the Patreon. That's yeah. what we're getting to the real meat of it cuz I was just going to go straight to the what really tickles that. And so <laughs> And so I know we we just get off on talking to each other about um supernatural things yeah and i think we have good conversations we used to actually um we used to read the castle of spirits spooky stories in like 2002 long before we ever had any inkling that it would belong to us we were fans of the website well that's pretty cool and we go you know because we didn't too too poor to afford cable tv so we (laughs) internet so we'd sit up late at night and Try and scare each other by reading stories off the website yeah, and, with a flashlight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now we do that, but with microphones. Yeah, this is a dream come true for reals. It yeah. is. If we could only figure out how to make some money, it would be so. Well, when you dream. find out, let us know. We're still trying <laughs> to figure that out as well. Podcasting and making money as podcasting as podcasters is a yeah. is is new. And I don't know if you guys have ordered the How to Make Money or How to Be a Millionaire podcasting handbook yet. But if you have it, <laughs> let me, let me know. <laughs> We're just hoping we stumble into some. Oh look, yeah. a dollar. <laughs> a dollar. Uh, but. As a compliment, listening to you, listening to your podcast, you guys are good. Oh, thanks! And it's something that Todd and I will will get compliments, and they'll say, "Oh, I love listening to your podcast. You guys are so good." And I'm like, 
I don't really know what that means because I don't, mm. I don't, we don't go home and practice podcasting. Right. You know, it's just something that, but, but, um, you two are, um, you're married, but you understand each other. You are, you, there's a, there's a good relationship between the two of you when you speak and you don't speak over each other. Um, Vince is sometimes a smart ass and yep. it's, but it works really well. I think I, you guys sound really good together. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think that there have been, I don't know, maybe we're just egomaniacal. Uh, there have been several times over the 21 years that we've been married, 21 years on Sunday. Oh, congratulations. That's Thank a you. lot of spooky Happy stories. Valentine's Day, by the way. Oh, no, we don't eat that. Um, <laughs> my wife, just, my, just real quick, yeah, yeah. my wife this morning, she's like, oh, my God, I, I dreamt about Valentine's Day all night last night, and I hate Valentine's. It's my, it's the worst holiday. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what caused us to get married near Valentine's Day. Because <laughs> yeah. right, imagine trying to get a table somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's, right. it's kind of a nightmare. But um, there have been several times throughout our relationship where, you know, we're, we're going back and forth and we're just having these really great conversations. And Vince, it's always Vince, will say, man, we should do a podcast. People would pay to listen to this. Uh, he's being funny. But um, <laughs> so that is a conversation. I think Vince believes people will pay. <laughs> I think he does, too. He's a little deluded. But, um, yeah, so it's funny, though, because, you know, like you said about you don't practice podcasting. Yeah. But sometimes, because uh, we're trying to do more themed episodes. So, like, our episode that comes out tomorrow is about that Amityville horror. And in the week leading up to it, we'd both be like, oh, hey, did you know this? Or I read this. Or, you know, just having little bits of conversation about Amityville. And we'll stop in the middle and we're like, wait, wait, wait. Save it for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we find ourselves saying that sometimes. Or we're like, we should be recording this. Yeah, right yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> well, the best parts come when you're not recording because it's true. People are just talking and it's yeah. natural. Yeah. yeah. And red light fever is a thing. That red light on the microphone comes on and your brain like haywire. So it's funny because I thought about that. I was we were talking about these these microphone uh, holder thingies. Bars? What are these? Arms. Arms. You can buy them, right? With the mm -hmm. lights come on, and I'm like, no, yeah. because then they know, like, we're you're recording. Yep. And then the nervousness sets in. Yeah. And, and then you don't say the thing you you want to say. Yep. So yours is yours is a little different, but mm -hmm. but sometimes you guys, uh, from what I've listened to, just just BS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, one of the reasons we don't talk over each other is because it's really hard to edit that. <laughs> So I purposefully bite my lip when she's talking. Thank you. And, and it, honestly, it comes down to some of those sort of thoughtful gestures because we, I'll be honest, we've had many, many shows where we six, eight guests, something like that, like oh. just a ridiculous amount of people. And that gets a little tricky because yeah. the last thing that any of us want to hear is four people, six people, eight people talking over each other. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear two people talking over each other, right? And so there is a rhythm that Brandon and I have, have gotten over the 12 years that we've been doing this. And I think that that is honestly a big part of that conversation because there are many times where you're like biting to like, oh, yep. yeah. I don't want to respond immediately. I want to respond immediately. And so I think we've been pretty lucky to maintain that rhythm with the guests as well. But yeah, no, it's a really big point with podcasters as yeah. far as that talking over each other. Oh, it's so annoying. Yeah, you have to be aware of it. And it's it's good if you have, you know, 
regular partners that you podcast with because then you can develop cues. Like, for example, Vince is a little long-winded sometimes. And <laughs> I just look at him and I'm all... That's not true. <laughs> you know, you just open your mouth. <gasps> yeah, like, the watch gets out. And it's like... I'm about... <laughs> I'm about to talk. Well, so, I'm a huge... Go ahead, Rick. I was going to say, say, so most of our podcasts are about 45 minutes to an hour. Perfect. But we record about two hours because oh. a lot of times it's yeah. getting up and screaming. Um, screaming? You know, well, you know, like, you know, I messed something up and I don't want to do it. I have to go to the bathroom or yeah. the dog needs to go out or the cats are oh, we do fighting. Have, or, one of our cats walks through the house just screaming at the top of his lungs, <laughs> like at all hours of the day and night. So when he starts up, sometimes we just have to sit there and wait for him to be done because if you engage him, it just gets worse. This doesn't, you can't incorporate this into the podcast. Sometimes we try and ignore it so you'll hear him. Hellcat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But when he really gets going, you just have to stop and wait. So really it's all special effects. Editing, you know, (laughs) post. I'm a huge uh, sports fan. And um, I listen to sports talk radio. Dan Patrick was sports. One of, yep, sports, sports, <laughs> Super Bowl, sports. <laughs> Dan Patrick was one of my favorite, of course, ESPN analyst. But he's got his own show, and I noticed it's funny because he has a show. It's a radio show, but they record it with multiple cameras, and he sits in his own uh, behind glass area, and then he has four producers. But each producer has a microphone. And each producer also has a button on their desk. And so, mm-hmm. and Dan says, yes, 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 to whoever has, like, needs to make a comment. And then they push the button and it turns their microphone on and then they talk. Be- they do not talk over each other. Very rarely do they talk over each other. And I thought, wow, that is interesting. Um, but there's got to be a reason for that because he's been in the business forever. Not, not only is he in the business, but he teaches college courses on how to become a sports broadcaster. And so it must be that important that you don't talk over each other during your show. Now he's audio first and, and the cameras, which is what I hope we're sort of accomplishing here is a little more voyeuristic. In other words, we're not performing for the cameras. It's just recording sort of what we're doing. So, I mean, Vince is, but we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> that later. Yeah. That <laughs> he was taking a shirt off earlier and it was really weird. Uh, but but it is fun to see that side of it because you can sort of watch them do their magic. And yeah. It's, and I enjoy that. Yeah. Can I pop this? Yes, please recording? do. Yeah. Yeah, no, go no, that, You got to bring it up to the We're typically sponsored by some beverage or another. <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> typically. Typically. Yeah. We're pro drink. So Vince, you're, you're pretty outdoorsy. Um, what <laughs> happened to the trailer? Oh, it's that's. Is that a sad day? What? Yeah, that's still. You were so, you guys were so outdoorsy for a year or two and I don't know what happened. I I was raised by an IBM computer guy. I don't know how to throw a ball without dropping it. If you throw a ball at me, it'll hit me in the face. Mm -hmm. I was never an outdoor person until I got to be in my 40s or was it 50s? It was 50s. 50s? (laughs) Am I 60 yet? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, and I decided, hey, man, I want to sleep under the stars. But in a trailer. <laughs> but in a trailer because a bear can't get into a trailer. Hey, I can appreciate that. Or, or like killers and stuff like that. Bison. <laughs> and so I said, look, is I'm not staying in a tent. No way. I saw Blair Witch. So um, I, I thought if we can get a camper, a little mini camper, we can try it out. And we even, we even entertained the idea of 
you know, leaving it all behind, as they say. Yeah. Mm. And living on the like road. Like sell the house, sell mm-hmm. the things. Yeah. Or? We thought because we can work if as long as there's an internet connection, we can work there. Yeah. And um, we thought about it and then thought better of it. Um, I don't know. It was just kind of like an idea passing fancy, I guess. Yeah. Is that all you say. have to say about it? I don't know. I, I just, you know, I, I enjoy the outdoors for a spell. Well, we, you know, we did uh, quite a bit of camping and we took a couple long road trips and everything. And mm. we had uh, an old dog who hated it. He, mm. he hated it. Um, our last trip was in September and we didn't even make it overnight because the the mosquitoes and everything and our dog was just miserable. He ended up actually dying the next month. So, I mean, he was old and unwell and he hated it. So we came home. He just wanted to be home. Yeah, he did. And it, it broke my heart. And so we came home and, you know, we hadn't gotten out in it much in the last year or so. And then... I I don't know. I think I felt sad, you know, because I just thought about him and how much he hated it and everything. And I was like, maybe we should just be done with it. And, you know, we can still go hiking and stuff and, you know, all that. But it just it felt like it felt like there was a paycheck sitting in my driveway that yeah. I'm like, I should cash that check. I could use that money. I'm, you know, yeah, we weren't using it all that much. So, yeah, we decided well, how far did you take it? What was the furthest you went? We took a two-week road trip where we went to California and we went down into... How far south did we go? Um, we saw my family in the San Jose area. Then we went down to um, Big Sur, mm-hmm. about as far as Big Sur. That was amazing. Um, and then back up, I think. Yeah. And back up and back. Yeah. But it was two weeks. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. I really missed... I got really missed running water. Yeah. Running water is yeah. the greatest yeah. invention in, in the world. <laughs> Whoever invented running water, I hope you're listening. Well, it's funny when you stay in small spaces and then you go home to, if you have a house like mine, it's not that big, but it's a mansion when you get out of your van or your camper. Yeah. It's th- the greatest thing ever, right? Yeah. Well, and this, this trailer here, it it's this feels like a mansion compared. The inside of this is about twice the size of the camper we had. We remu- removed a few things. Just what was a scamp? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. It was thirteen foot, but that included the tongue. So the actual body <laughs> yeah. was only about ten feet. This is very very small. Todd, Todd, and I we, we have friends who that's what they did is when for their retirement and they live in a they bought a small scamp yeah and they live in it and they they climb full full time yeah uh and then i think they upgraded to a little little bigger scamp yeah the 16 footer yeah yeah we had the little 13 foot now in my head though and and i don't want you to correct me if i'm not right on this one but i (laughs) i can still picture the two of you though like around a fire telling each other scary stories like it just seems like that that is the perfect location for that but I have to correct you because I would always tell, because Vince is a writer. Like that's primarily his thing. He's a writer. He's a storyteller. And so here's us sitting around the campfire and I'm like, we should tell ghost stories. And he's like, I don't know any. And I'm like, you just make one up. And he's like, um, one time there was a ghost. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? It was it's, a dark and stormy night. Yeah, It was like Did pulling teeth like to get him to tell me a story, except... I got to tell you, our one of my very favorite camping trips, it was just like a quick 
like one or two night getaway, just, you know, just had to get away. So we just went to Antelope Island, like last minute thing. So we're sleeping and it's kind of stormy outside. It's rainy. About one o'clock in the morning or something, we're woken up because the wind is just, I mean, it's Mm. terrifying. And there's people in tents all the way around us and they're running through the campground at one o'clock in the morning in the pitch black and the wind and rain, collecting all their things that are blowing away and they're packing up their cars and they're like screaming out of there as fast as they can. Um, our whole camper is like shaking and Vince is terrified that it's going to thought blow we, I thought it was going to blow over. Yeah. And that maybe we were going to like drown in two inches of water. Because <laughs> so, that happened. In, in, the great, in the Great Salt Lake. Yeah. So we're, we're sitting there in our camper with our little faces pressed to the glass. I'm thinking we should go out there and help them, except then we'll blow away. Uh, and uh, in that trip, while we're sitting there with our faces pressed to the window, we came up with... Uh, the best story, I think, in our second book, in the Shadows on the Page book. It's about a couple camping and, mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, basically, we, we at, at one point in 2020 during the, the great pandemic. The, the great lo- pandemic. The lousy pandemic. It. The great. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we got together and so we wouldn't kill each other. We said, let's, you paint and I'll write something and then we'll put it together and make a book because I know how to do that, right? And so um, we did a book called Shadows on the Page with a bunch of, you know, short, spooky vignettes and, and her art. And so then we did two of them. And then that story ended up being in one of them, yeah. Yep. It's pretty good, I think. And the art I read is the, it the, other day. the cover of the book. Yeah. So it all folds together. <laughs> well, Vince, do you want to talk about Glass Spider? Um, yeah, it's a really cool <laughs> David Bowie song. Um, in 1987, David Bowie made an album called Never Let Me Down. One of the tracks on that album was called Glass Spider. I'll That's not you, what he's I'll, asking I'll for. have you know. Um, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> in 2016, well, in 2015, I was thinking, I need to do something. I had been a freelance writer for a bunch of years, and I was getting tired of it. And I, I needed to do something else. So I said, you know, because I'd been self-publishing my own work through Amazon. I got really good at that. And then, so I said, maybe we can offer that as a service. I say we because I rely on Jane to hold me up, <laughs> to lift me up to these heights because <laughs> um, my legs are really weak. And no, but um, yeah, so we, I decided that I wanted to do a service for editing books and doing cover design. She could do the cover design. I can do the interior design, the editing and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I needed a name. And so we were launching in January of 2016. And for like me and Jane are really huge David Bowie fans. And he came out with his Black Star album in early January. It's like January 7th or 8th. And then he up and died the next day after that. Really shattered us, right? Um, he was the first of the all the this long string of celebrity deaths in 2016, but that was the one that really got me. And so I said, I want to name this company after him. But I wasn't going to do it in like David Bowie books. <laughs> David Bowie books. Suit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about Let's Dance books, no. Um, Starman, you know. And so we just came up with, we chose Glass Spider because we thought it was kind of cool. 
We and chose it. Jane uh, chose it. That's right. Jane is arachnophobic. And um, she's the one who suggested Glass Spider Publishing. And Crazy. so, and that, yeah. that association has actually been a lucky, a lucky charm because a lot of people really like the name and most of them don't know the David Bowie connection. What it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I started doing that. Um, we got covered in the Standard Examiner because it was a really slow news day. <laughs> and Front page that day. I, I still, That's how slow it was. <laughs> it was yeah, it was uh, the the other story on the on the on the front page was about Hep C. So they decided to <laughs> to feature a photograph of me instead of <laughs> hepatitis. Okay. And so, I'm so beat up with the standard as well. Every time I run it, run across a friend that writes for them or has written for them, I always ask, so. Are they? Are you still in business? I said, yeah. So I give them such a hard time. They work so hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and I to this day I'm still getting people. Hey, I saw your standard examiner article in 2016 from eight years you know, ago. Would you like? Can I publish oh my, my book? Gosh. So, um, yeah, I just we started it as I I started it as a lark, and it really took off. And then I ended up having to quit my, um, my writing gigs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just focusing all my time on Glass Spider Publishing, we've done we've published over a hundred books. Oh, that's a lot! I didn't yeah. realize yeah. it was that many. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And then, what's your standard or niche, or does it matter? Um, anything except religion and politics. Um, Biographies about uh, religious people counts, or po- politicians. That counts as the. Not acceptable category. <laughs> okay. I mean, kind of. You published your friend Jim's book, and it was a it was a political philosophy book. Mm. So, um, but he's a friend, so it's okay. Sure, sure. It's all you know. <laughs> we know how that works. Yeah. We know how that works. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I get a lot of uh, a lot of fiction books, um, some nonfiction books, and yeah, as long a lot of poetry. So how does it, poetry. how does it work? Like, how do you make you charge them a fee to publish, and then what are your the services you provide? Um, we provide editing services so that somebody doesn't produce a book that sounds bad. Um, <laughs> Fair. Uh, book interior design, you know, making yeah. making it look nice. That's and a thing. Yeah. Uh, covers because everybody judges judges a book by the cover. I've heard that somewhere. Yes, <laughs> um, and everything else involved the nuts and bolts, the minutia. Of publishing, you can go through Amazon. I don't recommend it. I don't. I don't do. I don't like doing business with Amazon anymore. Like anymore, like since the last couple of years, ten years. Since since Jeff Bezos started wearing that ridiculous hat, it's just <laughs> it's a ten, style thing. He wears yeah. a ten gallon hat, and okay. and then he steps in it <laughs> publicly. <laughs> he does. He says all these stupid things. So um, but, I know someone else like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but at least I'm not wearing a hat. <laughs> But um, bookstores do not like dealing with books that were published through Amazon because Amazon is, mm. you know, the competition, the competition, is the out. enemy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And so we use alt, we use an alternate method of publishing. What's the Tom Hanks, the famous movie? He's catch me if you can. Is that <laughs> the, one, the Seattle thing where there's yeah the sleepless book, in book? Seattle. Is it sleepless? Is it really sleepless? I think so. It, they're, With the Meg bookstores Ryan. are taking over. 
the little oh. the little one. Oh, oh the shop around the corner. You got mail. You got mail. Oh, you yeah, got yeah, mail. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's no, what I, I thought imagined. you were talking because we I published a book that tells the true story of the the guy uh, that was whose story was told in in the Tom Hanks movie Catch Me If You Can with Leo. Oh yeah, that was a good one too. And there's a nonfiction book that I that I published that um, basically exposes the real guy as a as a really devious con man. I thought that's what you were getting at. No, but I, I sort of expected that. <laughs> we are connected to Tom Hanks now too. So <laughs> let me know if he calls. <laughs> yeah, <Let me> no. <know. laughs> All right. Well, that, so that keeps you busy. That's your day job. Yeah, that's my day my day and night job. Um, and it it yeah it's my it's my passion. I thought about stopping for a while because I wanted to focus on my own writing, and then I realized I missed it too much. Earning do you have earning a living that is. Do you have time to write? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sucks. Well, I, I mean, I I goad him, you know, quite often until he finally writes something. He. He'll do little spurts where he'll knock out a couple of, you know, uh, short stories or whatever, a couple times a year. But I did a I book in two weeks. Also year. with Castle of Spirits, I think that that's affording him a, a few more opportunities to write because, you know, he'll write stories for the for the website or he'll write, you know, podcast content or Blog website content. content. And uh, the other thing that I mentioned very vaguely earlier might afford some some additional writing opportunities that we're excited about. So I hope that so, works out. Whatever, yeah. whatever that is. You know, we yeah. don't really know what that is yet. Okay. <laughs> it's just that I'm assuming to some degree, and again, I'm maybe I'm reading into this just a little bit that, that there must be some joy, some satisfaction, some fulfillment in, you know, advocating, you know, the work of other artists, of, of writers and, you know, and telling their stories. And because of the platforms that you, that you both have through the podcast, through the blog, through the publishing company, you know, that, that there is something there. Like I know personally, I've sort of been on this, you know, this journey where I'm a little bit more in the sort of arts administration side of things where I'm supporting artists and giving them a platform. In my case, I, it's, it's a gallery down in Salt Lake. And so does, is that true? Do you, I mean, th is there, is that part of this picture is, is what you're able to do for other artists and writers? And yeah, that's, I, that's one of the most fulfilling things is that most writers don't really know what to do. They just, they know that they enjoy writing but writing is about communication. If you can't get it out to another person to to have them read it, that's just a, a it's like you know a, a plug without a socket or some or whatever the terminology is. I'm no scientist, um, and so I really enjoy taking a, a a book that somebody gives me and editing it and really making them sound better. Because the the thing is that everybody has an editor. You know the best, the greatest writers in the world. Or, you know, they're, they're made better by the editors that edit their work. And I'm a really good editor because I didn't go to school for this. I was born with this. <laughs> it, no, it's true. I know. I know. You know this is true. <laughs> um, I, and I'm not talking about a missing comma in a book or something like that. I'm talking about sentence construction and things like that. And I can help people 
sort of, you know, find their best sentence. And, um, and I think I help people uh, communicate their vision to the world in a better way. Well, it's interesting because you can give feedback in real time to an author where like musicians get feedback in real time during a concert or something, but writers don't. They can get feedback through book sales or something, but they don't get feedback in real time when someone's reading their book. Mm -hmm. They never see it. You can sort of provide that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it takes a special kind of a writer to accept that kind of criticism. I'm not, I'm not somebody who goes and tears somebody down because I've had that I've been edited that way before and it's painful. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of people that I work with, they've never ac actually shared their work with other, other people. And so when they're edited, they, it's, it's, it's really, a, it's a shocking ex experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's a necessary experience. And I, I've noticed because there's some authors that I've worked with repeatedly, you know, eight, nine books. And every time the book comes back to me, the new manus manuscript, it's better. Well, I mean, I don't know how many of the authors you work with went through school, but I do know that in my uh, major at Weber, I had one professor, the best one I had, you'd hand him a manuscript and he would say, oh, this is really good. Cut 50% of it out. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. But, yeah. he, but, but that really made you reconsider what's in it and and so and the the fact that he liked the story but 50 percent of it needs to disappear was fascinating to me well most writers are trying to they're they're aiming for a page count even when i write i'm like i want to make this story 50 pages long to make it a novella but if i get there and then i cut down you know 40 45 i don't know if i go 50 but if i if i do that it makes it even better because yeah. There's just so much, there's, you know, too many words sometimes. Too many words. Well, we plan on cutting at least 50% of this. So just be honest. <laughs> I, I don't hope. know. I think most of this is gold. You should <laughs> Oh, you're uh, so sweet. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> oh, I meant my parts. <laughs> Your part. Uh, Kidding. Todd, do you have arts updates? <laughs> you know what? Uh, you reminded us of what today is, which is Valentine's Day. This is not a yes. big day for any of us, but it did, did make me think a little bit, right? Um, about some of our all-time favorites. I think it's uh, more about our animals. I think we love our animals. Mm -hmm. like, well, in, in this case, yes, we probably do. <laughs> yeah, more so than anyone else. And so I looked up and, and see if you agree with any of these. Um, some of our, our favorite uh, love songs in history, right? And so I like lists. I love lists. I like top five lists. Yeah. I like top ten yeah. lists. And so I looked up a top ten list on greatest love songs of all times. I thought it would be kind of fun to share that on okay. Valentine's Day, right? Okay, so... There's a million lists out there. This is one of them. Are they categorized for like pop songs? Love songs. Or they're just all-time love songs. Okay. So all we're talking some songs. old songs okay. as well. Right. And so my favorite all-time song is a love song, but I know it's not going to be on that list. Yeah, but you were going to have to share that now yeah. here in just a minute. So, so I'm going to start with number ten. We're just going to kind of I'm just going to list these out. See if you know these songs. Number ten, The Righteous Brothers, Unchained Melody. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Number nine, Abba, The Winner Takes All. I think that. I would not have gone there. I grew into Abba. It took a long time. It took a long time. But I, I like that song. Number eight, Andy Williams, Can't Take My Eyes Off You. Mm. Great song. Number seven, Elvis Presley, Always On My Mind. I think that's a good song as well. Number nine, Lone Star. This would not be a song that I would have chosen. 
something called Amazed. Are you familiar with something called Amazed? I love that song. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. Sports and country music. These are two <laughs> that I, I don't know much about. Uh, yeah. Number five, Brian Adams. See, now we're getting a little bit more into. Wait, my wait, time. wait. Is the top five all Chicago songs? <laughs> do you want them to be? <laughs> Kinda. Um, so Brian Adams, everything I do, I do it for you. Do you yeah. remember that song? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a good song. That junior about. high stomp was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, number four, Seal. Uh huh. Which yeah. one? Uh. Kiss, what was uh, the big one? Then Kiss from Rose. Kiss from Rose. That was that was what movie was it from? That was, I think, it's a Batman movie, Batman, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Number three, George Michael, Careless Whisper. Mm. Uh, there's no way that's three. This that's is in this three? list. It is. That was a very big song. Uh, number two, uh, the Beach Boys, God Only Knows. Hmm. And number one in in this list mm-hmm. is Elton John's Your Song. Interesting. I thought you were going backwards. I would have put Unchained Melody as number one. And no Chicago. I might as well. I think maybe we would do a little editing in this yeah. list. Yeah. And no yeah. ABBA. But it's still kind of fun to read. No, I mean, there is no Somebody's Chicago in that whole list. That. Not even one. Oh, they made a living off of making mm-hmm. love songs. I'm surprised that King Crimson's Stella Hunjinji wasn't in there. <laughs> we all are. In, in, in another list, yeah. <laughs> What's just your, like, just like Kevin, The Cure. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, also really like, um, oh, shoot. There's an Oingo Boingo song. It's a B-side that is a phenomenal love yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I had it. Uh, you did? Did you? Is it the, not your mine? No. You're mine now. Okay. No, but that's a good one. That's yeah, a good that's one. a great one. Oingo, Oingo Boingo is underrated. I do love Oingo Boingo. <clears throat> I mean, he's not. He went on to big things, of course. But, yeah. Um. Scoring like the biggest Danny movies Elfman. in Hollywood. Danny Elfman, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he absolutely did. We got top. We're gonna we're gonna do one more top ten. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got another one. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, because you know, and this is a little bit more up my alley. So I, I'm a little bit of a softie when it comes to movies. Like I do like cheesy. I, I don't like cheesy. I like smart romantic comedies, right? And so today, I can embrace that a little bit more. So and so this is a list, um, top ten romantic comedies, right? And then we're talking. Some of them go further back than others, and so. Should I start at number one or should I work my way down? I think I'll don't start. start at, don't start at one. Okay, we'll start at 10. So 10 in this case is Bull Durham. Do you remember Bull Durham? Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, that was a great movie. With oh, wait, hang on, hang on. I'm looking over your shoulder mm-hmm. and I'd just like to say that I'm offended that Annie Hall is only number one. <laughs> That's a good movie too. It's a yeah. great movie. Anyway. Yeah. In fact, I probably would agree with most of these. Okay, so 10, we have Bull Durham. Number nine, The Princess Bride. Mm. I think a lot of people might agree with that. Number eight, this is probably one of my favorite movies growing up is Say Anything Mm -hmm. for all the reasons, including probably my favorite song of all times. Number seven, Broadcast News. Do you remember Broadcast News, Brandon? Yeah, but not really. William Hurt, that was a pretty good movie. I thought that was a pretty good movie. I haven't not seen that movie since. It was a great movie. I wouldn't go so far as to say it was a... Romantic comedy. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not sure. We close our eyes on Go Bungo. (gasps) That one, yes. That's a great song. I would, oh, I'd like to listen to that now. Number six, The Big Sick. I hope you've seen The Big Sick. No, uh, I have no idea. What a little bit more is. of an indie film. Yeah. Look, look that up sometime. That was uh, with Kumail Nanjiani. I don't. He's doing big movies now. Great movie. That's just like based on a true story. All right, what are we up to? Number five, It Happened One Night. We're getting a little older. This is a Clark Gable film. Number four, His Girl Friday. I grew up with some of these old films. This is a great movie too. Do you know that Cary Grant movie? No. Oh, Cary <laughs> Grant, who is but she? But get this, get no, this. No, exactly, but It's yeah. a Wonderful Life is one of the greatest movies no, ever No, but made. see, you like the old films. Yeah, That's why I, I thought really maybe. Do. Number three, Shop Around the Corner. We just talked about Shop Around the Corner. 
the original. You got no. mail. Oh, you got mail. Mm. Yeah, really? Got, for real? That made that real. was that high? What's that? It was that high on the list. Number three on this list. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Number two, Lady Eve, Barbara Sandwick. That's not my favorite movie. I'll be mm. honest. And uh, number one, Philadelphia Story, Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn. Like was that the one about the UFOs? Oh, no, 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 that was without the experiment. That was time, <laughs> time travel. Uh, we'll time talk travel. about that's another list, yeah. another good list as well. Yeah, I love top ten lists. I love top ten lists. Mm -hmm. um, I don't agree with any of that. <laughs> so, that's all there. But if it was a list about, about sports, then maybe you'd probably be top ten sports people you love. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any people you love? I could come up with one name. One name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I do have an Ogden Avalanche conditions update. That we list. This is like three minutes here, I think. So we'll listen to that now. All right. So we are here with Ben Botter from Ogden Avalanche for this week's conditions update. Uh, how are we looking going into the week of love here, Benny? Yeah, the week of love. I don't know. It might be a little bit of tough love coming up. Um, mm -hmm. Seems like last week we had a lot of wind damage in the Ogden Mountains. Um, ben Loman just got hammered on that <clears throat> that uh, kind of the the color. Ridge area. It seems like a lot of the resorts had really heavy wind last week, uh, and then we kind of moved in. It cleared up a little bit. Got sunny um, Thursday and Friday were beautiful sunny days, and then we had a little storm, a little kind of cloudy weather on Saturday, and then Sunday again was another beauty of a day. Um, but coming in, you know, the snow surface is a lot of wind damage, and then we'll see in some of those sheltered protected areas if we have any near surface fastening that formed from those cold nights it did seem like temps warmed up quite a bit so hopefully that kept things pretty good we do have tonight and potentially tomorrow rolling in with a little refresh for a little bit of love um but yeah it looks like less than a half an inch on the plumes coming in uh kind of tonight into tomorrow and then tuesday is clear and then pretty clear through friday Clear through Friday. Sounds good. We have uh, we're done with the the updates at the B Street Lecture Series. That was a blast. Thanks to everyone who came out. Thanks for everyone who watched one of the videos or the live streams. Uh, we appreciate your support. This weekend it is the Banff Mountain Film Festival World Tour at Piers Egyptian Theater. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So hope we hopefully we can see some of you out there watching some great films. Uh, uh, that's about all we got, I think, unless you have something else. No, I just tell folks with this new snow that's coming in, it does look like it'll come in with a little bit of wind. So just be careful of those uh, wind slaps that might form. We're going to have a little bit of a northwest wind come in with this storm and then a couple of inches, you know, less than a half inch of water. So we could have some uh, things liven up with some wind slaps and maybe some storm snow. And we'll just we'll just see kind of how the storm comes in and with the snow surface being so damaged. So, yeah, I'm excited. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Yeah, bud. Have a good one. Right. Yep. We'll see you next week. All right. That is okay. the Ogden Avalanche Conditions Update. You can find more at Ogden Avalanche on YouTube or just search their podcast on your favorite podcast app, Ogden Avalanche, and get the conditions for our Ogden backcountry. Todd, did you have anything else? Those guys are so good at that. They're really I'm good. I'm so glad we're including that little clip. Yeah. Did you know that that little storm was going to happen last night? I had no idea. I woke up. I'm like, there's snow. Yeah, I let the dogs out because this is, of course, the animal episode, as, as they all are. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? I let the dogs out okay. around five, and there was like a couple, two, three inches of snow out there. I had no yeah. idea. I had no idea. And I think I let them out at like midnight, and there was nothing. So it must have happened somewhere in that window. Jane, Vince, what did we forget? Anything? No. Nothing. Okay. 
We, we covered everything. Every yeah. single thing. This well, time around. Well, well, this, yeah. We didn't talk about our pets' names. We did not talk about pet no, names. Okay, no. we can share that. Yeah, so yeah. I have uh, brother and sister cats, Henry and Marion, and I have... Uh, I share custody of two two dogs, uh, and that's uh, Agatha and Sabrina. Oh, great names! These are all great names, aren't mm-hmm. they? They really are. Yeah, and uh, and and then we'll go straight across. Brandon, I'm down to a cat, Oliver. You have, yeah, but you like Oliver, yeah? Oliver's a pain in my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a cat. <laughs> he's a cat. Yeah. So. Yeah. He he loves you one minute and then he's pisses you funny. off the next. He's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty funny. <laughs> What about you two? Me, I, I'm the pet yeah. of James. Oh, he, he's my pet. That's a different podcast. You also <laughs> have to pay more money for. So. That's the after podcast. Yep. That's the uh, what is it called? Fans only. No. Yes, yeah. only yes. fans. Yes. Only fans. <laughs> yeah, I'll get it one day. Yeah. Make a fans only. Fans, fans only can watch this. No, that's totally different. Though. Totally different. It's a sports one. Uh, thank you to it's a sports one. You're funny. Thank you. Now, to, we have to mention your new little. Your oh yeah, yeah. Did oh. you talk about the new pup? I mean, yeah. okay. You're everything. Yeah, she she really. The everything. Uh, four weeks ago today, we adopted a three-year-old boxer American Bulldog mix who we named Freya, and she's amazing, and I have to keep checking the camera on my phone to make sure she's not scratching her face. She, she has an eye us. infection. Well, as a, any is there, dog. Is there sure. audio? Can you, can you say words? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And does it work? Yeah. So if she were scratching her face, I'd be like, Freya, no, no. Mm. It would probably mm. scare her to death. Yeah. But then yeah. we have two cats, and then we scare have two me. cats, and uh, her and one of my cats get along famously. They love each other. My other cat will walk past her, stop, and <laughs> and then keep going. So every animal we have in our house is a rescue. The yeah. black cat is named Mister Moon, yeah. and the uh, the orange cat, whatever he's going, he, we got three arms. So I don't know what he is. Tripod. And His we name named him Canelo. Canelo after the boxer. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think that would apply to all of ours are rescued too, and somehow ended up in our house. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not planned, but it's a rescue. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Um, on that happy that note, yeah, adopt, don't shop. Yes, don't shop. It's a great <laughs> final lesson. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> Thanks to Banyan One for powering today's episode of the Ogden Arts and Adventure Show. You can listen and subscribe to Ogden Arts and Adventure on YouTube. Look for us on Facebook as well, Instagram and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, thebandycollector.com. There's a, the blogs. We still blog. I don't know why, but we put them up as blogs. You can go to thebandycollector.com and find those if you want. Links. It's because of links. Yeah, links. That's right. We All like three links. people like that. Yeah. So uh, look for the pod, or the Podbean app. A lot of people actually really like the Podbean app, and that's like our catch-all site for all everything we do if you want to be on the program dm us on instagram at ogden adventure we've had people do that and it works so uh you can try dming us at ogden adventure outdoor jukebox this week is well i was gonna do burn but i might do girl of the sea i think i'm gonna do girl of the sea because it's valentine's day Uh, we can pivot um can we pivot are we allowed okay it's our show oh it's our good point god Thanks. Our show, we will pivot. This is Girl of the Sea. I have to actually find the file, though. So, As recorded on Van Sessions at the Monarch, we'll catch you on the next Ogden Arts and Adventure show. Thanks, guys. All right, cool. This next song is called Girl of the Sea. Like I said, it's another new one. Um, And I hope you like it.
Thank you. 